now welcome back to the show for all your podcast glory movies tvs and video games hello everybody and welcome back to nmi when you need more info a podcast blowing the worlds of movies video games and tv shows i'm your host nate and yeah it's it's great to be back today uh Obviously, we do a little bit of an intro at the start of the episode. I'm going to roll into our other co-hosts now. But just before we go off, maybe uh, you can email us in in a bit when we give you the details. What I was, what song I was trying to mime? And if you did catch it before, I'm about to ask my lovely co-host today. Cause I bet one of them might have got it at least. So, um, yeah, but on to that, though, I'd like to welcome back Chaz Ferguson James. How are you guys doing today? Hello. Yeah, okay. doing pretty good. I hope the the one that you thought would get it wasn't me, because I have no idea. Do you guys have any idea? No, uh, no idea at all. It's all Fergus. So, Tr- I mean, like, what was that? Trolls. Tr- what the fuck tron- would it be? I said before the episode started, this movie was almost 20 years old. Oh, That's no. Again, do it again. Do it again. Ah, hey, <laughs> now, welcome back to the show for all the movies Something and I'm podcasts. Really uh, Ghostbusters? No, a movie. So you've never watched Lord of the Rings? Oh. oh. In... I did not hey recognize that from Lord of the Rings. Come to Journey's no. End. Clearly, I don't know. No, Retur- it's, Return- Return- it's, the, it's literally the end of Return of the King. No, oh, it's okay. the end of it. That's what I Into the West. That, that ending goes on way too long. Yeah, maybe the, ex- the, okay, the normal version. Yeah. The very ending of the film goes on too long. The fact I watched those movies in one day, the extended editions in one day, oh. I, I I made them. I started at one. I went into town. I thought, I'll get some lunch. I'll come back and, you know, watch the movies. I thought, oh, the extended editions, they'll give that a watch. Then I ended up watching all of them till like two or like one, two o'clock in the morning. And I forgot how Return of the King is four and a half hours long. You know, no one made you sit through all of those. You chose to do that. Yeah, but once you start Fellowship and then you hit Two Towers... You know, it's like the journey. You've got to just, you've just got to finish it by that point. I've never had that problem, man. Like they are good movies. Don't get me wrong. I fucking love them. But uh, I, yeah, I, I'm very so, much a watch one extended version and then hung over on a Sunday. Just got some food in. It's one o'clock in the afternoon. You're not tempted to just crack on Lord of the Rings. No, because I have Civilization no. Six. Okay, we'll be talk, probably talk about Civ Six in uh, our games <laughs> yeah, episode. But yes, yes, no. So, be, yeah, it's, it's great to be back, people. Obviously, you know, with our uh, NMI, when you need more info, we like to do discussional topics, reviews, all the all the lovely things that we had in recent weeks. Myself and Fergus have given you our Puss in Boots, Puss in Boots review, and also villains that deserve a franchise. And um, it was interesting because myself and Fergus sort of went the yin and yang in that episode. Uh, Fergus mm. went the more twisted, fucked up dark route and I went more the redemption redemption route. It was quite interesting. See, right, I was thinking about joining that one and I was thinking about villains. I was trying to think of villains and I was like, shit, either they've already had their own spin-off, like uh, Division was one of them that came to mind, or they're going to. Um, yeah, yeah the, that was, was a problem. It was difficult. Yeah, but the thing is, though... Like, there are plenty of franchises which have, like, I spoke about Frankenstein myself. And that's already had, like, it, you know, it's had it's, uh, had a few interpretations, like, from Van Helsing and even a movie, when, which we discussed in the episode. Uh, Lucifer's another one. Judas, you know, is another oh. thing. But I do like the fact that uh, Fergus went into Adam Smasher from Cyberpunk. Yeah. So that was, that was I, an interesting one. There are some quite niche <laughs> villains who do have a lot more story to tell, I think. It's quite hard to find them um, out of the entire of media. I only came up with three, and that was that was a challenge. 
but I think there is some mileage there. I realise, like, thinking about it now, your your shows were essentially, like, Breaking Bad, from good to bad, essentially. Like, you know, you had, like, the Breaking Bad type effect on your shows, to be honest. Mm, yeah, I think so. I think so. Or certainly a change of perspective for some of them. Like, a lot of them are definitely always the villain, but, like, oh, they're quite nice and being a bit bad to, oh, no, they're being absolutely terrible, sort of dissension oh yeah no most definitely thing. and also like at least you got to be adam or fergus smasher Is that yeah. Fergus smasher? yeah 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 uh, fergus yeah, no. yeah. That, was, that was a good <laughs> one and then uh you also got to be who did you get to be i get to be tom thumb yes and, uh, Jennifer, many people notice from the promos but what i try to do is with my checkered shirt is make it orange to try and match puss in boots uh fur because i thought that'd be quite funny to do to be honest wearing pusses fur <laughs> yes that's that that is a line to say the least to be honest uh <laughs> uh i actually wanted to put in like the zorro style effect with nmi ripping into the screen but that would have taken me a lot more time to figure out maybe for a future episode when we maybe get pussy the future to the future and speaking of futures we'll get into that our main topic this week is going to be as you've seen from the titles how do you how do you make a good what makes a good sequel essentially you know but we're not just going to get into like you know what great sequels there are what we're also going to talk about like you know what makes a good sequel but what can a movie do to become very bad and then maybe have a redemption at the end of it but before we get into that you know i'd like to have a little bit of a roundup so how everyone's been you know in the last week's friends seen you so uh chas how you been yourself man i've been good um on the random roulette wheel of random shit i've tried decided to play um I'm on uh, Classic WoW again, but I'm doing something called the Hardcore Challenge, which basically means that, yeah, you get, yeah, no clue, I know. But uh, basically, it just means that you have to level as far as you can without dying, um, which is quite difficult to do in uh, regular WoW, and I'm a bit hooked. Um, and I've also been, or before that, I was playing Darkest Dungeon. Uh, it came up on our um, Looking Forward to 2023 episode, because the second one's coming out, speaking of sequels, uh, and I'm trying to finish it you know again finally before the sequel properly properly comes out rather than being on early access no it's awesome like uh myself like i um i've actually just repurchased uh dying light 2 so that's also been verified for steam deck now so i'm going to be seeing how that actually plays on steam deck i think it'd be quite interesting to do i'm also replaying jedi uh sorry star wars jedi fallen order because jedi survivor comes out in a few weeks and we'll be talking probably definitely talk about that in our games episode but yeah no uh and also repurchased all the wolfenstein games i've actually been purchased like a lot of legacy games including Tighter Fall 2, which we'll get into our games episode as well. But uh yeah, no, uh Fergus, how about yourself, man? I have got really, really, really into City Skylines. Uh it's something of an old game, but uh if you've been watching the game news recently, you will have seen that uh Paradox and Colossal Order have announced City Skylines 2. Um, but they have decided they're going to release all of their backlog content into City Skylines 1 before they um, get down to City Skylines 2. So there is a huge amount of content. There's a huge amount of modding going on as well. So uh, if you're into City Builds, it's City Builder on steroids right now in City Skylines land. So uh, very enjoyable. What's interesting about a sequel to a game like City Skylines and pretty much any game that's got a lot of DLC um, is how do you top the game, you know, mm. when inevitably your sequel, at least at first, is going to have a lot less stuff in it, inevitably. 
So this is addressed in the trailer. Um, they make a quite a big point of um, it's going to be different. It's we've already done this kind of city builder, but we're now we're going to make it hyper HD and realistic. Uh, so they're adding more game features, stuff you can't add as a modder or a content creator. Uh, so it's going to be a lot more than just new buildings and ways to make roads by the sounds of it. See, that's a quite a good way if you have a modding community to do a sequel you bring in what fans have kind of modded in anyway you know you, you do your own take on it you do a polished version hopefully um and that way you know you know that it's going to be received well uh rimworld does something similar with not with sequels obviously but with its big expansions they make you know the most popular mods basically as content within the expansions um and that way they know that it's something that people want so colossal order actually sell modders content as dlc packs oh which is an interesting Ooh. one it's a Isn't very Bethesda, though uh you could have been a fallout a yeah. tried to do it Lost order how... is a much smaller studio than bethesda's so there's kind of um also, help, help sort of relationship going on there rather than isn't um there was there was another like it was it a shooter i believe it was a shooter that was um selling skins or whatnot or something like that i can't remember the name of the shooter now but there have been a yeah. few companies that have you know gone in and um you know mod. i mean that yes that is true yeah yeah tf2 probably one of the first ones that did it actually to be honest mm. no um yeah i was actually going to mention like you know mods being implemented into the video games i'm thinking skyrim and also um mm. the witcher 3 most recently you know the witcher 3 hd next gen version took a lot of uh, mods that was created by the community and implemented it some that they've had to remove uh, and um because they that, that kind of got through the mod wall which shouldn't have happened but yeah no it's nice it's interesting they've used the community's work to actually like improve the game itself because there were a lot of pc perform or just performance issues in general with the next version so i'm touched mm. on myself yeah but it's nice to see you know games pushing for that essentially now you know integrating people's feedback and also ideas into the game itself mm. Absolutely. No, uh, James, how about yourself, man? Yeah, been been pretty good. Uh, finally picked up Marvel's Midnight Suns every weekend since it was on uh, the Steam Easter sale or Spring sale, whatever it was. Um, how are you finding it? I'm liking it. It's good. Spending a lot more time in the Abbey than in the tactical uh, part of the game, uh, which is not quite what I initially thought when I picked it up. But I am still nonetheless liking it. It's very much like an RPG with with kind of like um, tactical kind of like car based combat. That's like a side bit to it. Did you um? Did you go for the male or the female protagonist? Uh, male. How are you finding the voice acting for that? By the way, for the male main character. Yeah, no worries. So I was saying that I felt that maybe it was giving him benefit of the doubt, but maybe the flat performance was done on purpose so that the player can imbue their own personality onto the character, as opposed to the character being a more find uh, characteristic and i'm saying that i feel i believe the original Deus Ex was intentionally um acted the same way with that same thinking obviously so that's my thinking as to why that might be uh come across as a little bit flat i feel like most of the time flat flat voice acting is not on purpose <laughs> deus ex probably did do it on purpose but yeah i so i sorry i was gonna say to be fair my first Deus Ex was back in the day where all voice acting was almost Almost all fights out in video games was universally terrible. Uh, so uh, 2000 was original Deus Ex. 90s video game 
Uh, voice acting was generally pretty pretty bad. So uh... I mean, when it comes to that though, like I I think with when the now you know twenty twenties now, like Mass even Mass Effect today when they came out like you know twenty two thousand eight two thousand twelve period. Like, you know, Commander Shepard did have a decent voice acting. That was, you know, yeah. both uh, Dragon Age is exactly the same, you know. Um, I think, like, for myself, I felt like the wording was kind of fine. And it did, again, you have mentioned how it was very aged. Their dialogue was aged. But I felt, like, I felt, I just felt like, yes, the talking is like this. It's very, very yeah. generic responses. And yeah. there was no, there was no heavy emotion within it. Which was yeah. my which was my biggest thing. Don't get me wrong, I've played like 120 hours of that game, and I really and I still haven't actually finished the last couple of missions. I can also say they've released uh, Deadpool. Uh, for yeah, it. I've got Deadpool. I've got. I haven't got. I, I, I'm not going to complete the whole thing. I'm not going to go too far into the story. To be fair, um, for like another month until the very last DLC pops, which is I think Storm. So I've actually I actually got Deadpool, and I, I can recruit the other two DLCs which have been released, which is. Morbius was released yesterday. Which and wasn't announced at all. They literally no, just wanted to have been, Morbius. It's Morbin yeah. time. Uh, Honestly, so I'm, hoping to, uh, get, I'm hoping to get more into my campaign before I finish, the, before I actually uh, plow on through the story. I think I, I think that's the reason why I did it as well, because I knew I was like two, three missions before the end, so I was like, yeah. But no, um, I said, yeah, myself, you know, just, uh, I was just playing, I'm just playing a lot of games with them just to try and catch them up essentially. And obviously, Resident Evil 4 remake comes out this Friday, and uh, yeah. so I'm definitely looking forward to that. So that's going to be very interesting indeed. We also have the uh, Diablo 4 uh, beta coming out close yes. beta. So yeah, I've said it again in my um, uh, 2023 video. Those are two games that I want to kind of watch carefully in terms of what the reviews say. Um, but I'm hoping they both get favorable ones because I'd like to play them both actually if they uh aren't disasters well i know connor uh, uh, from the podcast has been has been playing it and he he definitely had some positive words for it so uh that, that is very good to say the least so you yeah, know uh, obviously this week people as mentioned before we are going to be doing movies that you know how do you create a good sequel for a movie and the reason we're doing this this week we're also doing games next time is uh the lovely Mr. John Wick comes out this week in the world. The uh, the longest of the Wick franchise, almost three hours now, which is like ridiculous to say the least. I've just read an article that they had to cut the movie down for three hours and 45 minutes. So that's, that is powerful. And obviously, you know, a bit of sad news. Um, we can mention this segment as well. Obviously, you know, the passing of, Lan- the passing of uh, Lance Reddick uh, last Friday, which is really sad to be at age 60. It's not been officially confirmed what he actually passed away from, but from what it's been read, it seems like natural causes. Obviously, the actor he's been in, like The Wire and Fringe and like all these, he was in the Resident Evil TV show. Uh, you know, he, he was a massive gamer as well, uh, Destiny 2, and also like, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon Zero series. You know, such a, a powerful actor. If you heard his voice or seen his presence in anything, he was a brilliant, a- a- amazing actor. And uh, the world's going to be a little bit, um, a little bit sad that now he's not in it, to be honest. It came out, obviously, came out of nowhere, to be honest. But, you know, let's celebrate the man by talking about, like, you know, what makes a great sequel. And I'll be honest with you, John Wick, the John Wick series. Him being the manager of the hotel and kicking ass in the third movie, showing him, showing us how badass he is, is a great way to talk about it this week. So, 
uh, obviously, um, rest in peace, uh, Lance Reddick. It was great to have you here. And uh, we're now going to get into our main topic of the episode. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one this week because this is this is going to be a very much discussional episode because we've all gone, let's do this topic. And we've just pulled up a lot of sequels for movies and we're just going to have a general conversation about it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go around the, ro- uh, the room, the digital room, as it were, and we'll get a few roundabout thoughts about possibly who may, who may want to chime in. Uh, and uh, we'll go into that. So does anyone want to, you know cut off first by like let's say like what how do they feel like what makes a good sequel to a movie essentially so yeah so do you think what makes a good movie what makes a good sequel so there's a few things i'm going to look at i'm going to take an example of the action movies is from my first point so one thing which actually kind of don't know it's controversial or not something that frustrates me a little bit is that i feel that some like in the movies they feel that they need to keep up in the stakes in the sequel that sequel needs to be more bombastic it needs to be the stakes need to be higher and higher and higher. I.e., it's, it's not just for like to take the Marvel series for example. It's not just about kind of like oh, oh my god, the world's about to end. Okay, in that case, the universe is now about to end, and it just keep getting it bigger and bigger and bigger. But for me, more personal stories. What's better? No way, no way from home. I know a lot of people like that. For instance, that was a more personal story. And bringing those stakes down, but centering those stakes around your central characters, making it a more personal story. That's what makes a good sequel, to my, to my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. For, for myself, you know, um, when it comes to like me getting on the nail on the head in regards to not always going bigger, I think there is a flip side to that in regards to not always going bigger because the two movies I'm going to talk about very briefly, we'll talk, probably talk about them a bit more, are Aliens and Terminator 2. And ironically, both directed by James Cameron. Obviously, the first movies had more of a... Um, like Terminator, the first movie is more of a stalker movie, and the first Alien movie is more of a like you know close space horror movie. Both of them take it to a bigger scale, but also adds a bigger world building action to it. Even though it's more action based, it brings a lot more characters and brings a lot more drive to it. You know, but then you are, you do get the idea of like you know is going too big an issue. Uh, for me, uh, I'm thinking about talking about the um the fast the Fast and Furious franchise is one for me. That that franchise, I don't know how I don't know how it's still doing so well as it is now like it's go- it's it's going into fast 10 and then there's fast 11 coming out which is finishing the entire as they've said they're finishing the entire like thing going forward um i i, I don't know how these movies do it sometimes but then you do get sequels which are fucking awful like you know uh let's talk about i don't know um starship troopers there's one thing i always say starship troopers had an amazing first movie satirical gory violent but funny the sequel was literally set within two free rooms in a closed space and was fucking awful. The third movie had a heavy Christian bias towards it and everything and really cheesy montage music, but they had robots in it. So I, I gave the last five minutes a giveaway. Uh, yeah, but when it comes to a, a good sequel, though, I think one of the best films um, series that's gone on almost, I'd say almost as long as like, you know, um, Mission Impossible, because I don't count James Bond as like a movie sequel series because they're, they're more anthology star movies, essentially, uh, is the Mission Impossible uh, franchise. I think they've done an amazing job at it, to be honest. So just to, just to pull you up quickly on James, on James Bond things, there was a point with one of the James Bond films that one, which backs up uh, my opinion. And one of my favourite James Bond films is Skyfall. And that's unlike most of James Bond films, is a more personal story where the stakes are centred around a character. It's not a big world-ending story. It's about... Um, someone trying to uh, kill M. And I think actually, I actually stopped at Skyfall. I never saw Spectre or um, 
uh, No Time to Die after that, which is um was there two more? Was it was it only just Spectre and No Time to Die after no, you're that? Right, you're right. It was both two. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit embarrassed about both of them, to be fair. But um, Skyfall ended as Skyfall. It's quite yeah. No, definitely agreed. So taking it from a, a, a different angle, I think you can make sequels so long as the movie world that you have created has enough mileage in it. So you can make sequels pretty much infinitely for Lord of the Rings, Batman, Star Wars, because it is that much of a created universe. Like, it may as well exist in real life. There's so much going on in it. Um, So it doesn't really matter who you follow or what you do, so long as the character is interesting and the world is of interest to people. Like, not much happens in the Hobbit um, trilogy sequel to prequel to lord of the rings uh but that doesn't really matter because it's you inhabiting the world of lord of the rings and they're all characters who are doing lord of the rings these sort of stuff i'm not gonna um, lie when i'm just looking at the return i'm speaking of lord of the rings i'm looking at the rotten tomatoes best sequels of all time this in return of the king is number 33 that is I, way too low in my opinion i saw return of the king uh at least 13 times in the cinema when oh, it came out jesus christ <laughs> I had a lot of friends, and I came, everyone was like, oh, have you seen this? And let's go see this. It was just the movie of movie of the time. So for, I guess it's been six plus weeks, I'm going to see it multiple times a week, um, because people wanted to see it, see it again. Um, yeah, I mean, that was, a, that was a monumental film. I mean, I, I still have to tell the story of my mother taking us to the cinema, and she read, she read the original books in, in one like one print like they used to do and mm. she got to the, we got to the fellowship and she thought like it was the entirety of the books and said oh there's two more and she, and she stood up in the middle of the cinema what the fuck like she shouted out loud she didn't realize there was going to be two more of these movies essentially and mm. uh, even though she should have known that since she read the books but yeah that was quite hilarious to me to be honest like uh, you know another film franchise that did so well from its sequels we have to we have to say it, the harry potter franchise is a film you know seven movies uh, mm. The final two were split into two, and I believe that was the that was one of the starting points where movies did start getting split into two. Essentially, like you know, yeah, it was ever- the first one to do a part one, part two. I, given how big the books were, I don't think they had much choice to do that. I think some films that came before should have done that. It's uh, funny though because uh, the one they, sorry, the one they split in two, the last one is not the longest book. I believe that's um, Lord of the Phoenix. Lord of the Phoenix. Yeah, true. Um, there was lots to wrap up. I don't know. Yeah, they finally felt they could take a risk. I don't know. I mean, no. I mean, like it. it, it well, it paid off for them, didn't it? Until it came to the Fantastic Beast movies, which we won't really well, get into. Well, this is um, this is a good point actually. As soon as they got off like main book territory, the whole thing started to fall apart. Really? Well, I actually didn't mind the first movie. I liked the fact that it was this character helping animals and everything, but then it turned into the literal Harry Potter prequel movie with Dumbledore and Grindelwald. And it was sort of like, you had this great idea of like, you know, all these, all this like, you know, Nifflers and everything, like trying to protect all these magical creatures. Entirely new, fresh. You could have Dumbledore in there because it, it was the correct time period. Yeah. But why did they have to? And then look at the franchise now. It's gone. Yeah. This is it's a good point to make, actually, because a lot of films, especially last, what, five years or so, try to basically mimic the previous success uh, without really having their own original 
take. So, you know, Star Wars has kind of done that. Um, Harry Potter, as I was saying, is another example. Um, and those don't really, you know, those don't really stand on their own two legs. Um, and it kind of feeds into what I think makes a good sequel in that, you know, you, you can increase the stakes, it can work. Um, but I think the best thing is, um, I kind of agree what Virgo said, if you have an interesting world, expand on that, explore more of the premise of the movie, of the, the characters, of their backgrounds. Um, and, you know, the explore, basically, like, you can try new things uh, and you can try other grounds as long as it kind of goes in with the the spirit of, of that franchise and what people like about that. So going off a film franchise, which I think I did, which did really well, and people still... You know, I, I, I praise this movie as much as I can. It's the Planet of the Apes trilogy that came out in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, you know. The first movie, Dawn of the, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, was um was an interesting movie. It was James Franco uh, and his circus portraying Caesar. It was a very interesting take-up, you know, the first realistic take of Apes in CG. Um, and then it was, it, was, it was seen as a good movie, but it was when the sequels came in that people started going, oh, this trilogy is fucking brilliant. Like, they've just, I believe they've just finished filming the fourth movie. Like, which is set, like, way after, like, Caesar. So, you know, even though that film franchise has uh, gone off its own thing, because I know Matt Reeves has gone on to do the Batman films now, a new director has come on to do the, the Planet of the Apes movie, so it's very interesting, to be honest. Um, an interesting point. Um, the titling of these sequel movies really got me confused. I didn't know what order to uh, watch them in, coming in at all of them individually titled, because it's not one, two, three, four. It's Dawn of the Return of the Planet of the Apes, the Return of the Dawn of the Apes, who then went shopping. And, like, what what, what, what order do you even... I want to see that movie. <laughs> I didn't even know where to begin with them, so I didn't. Oh, apologies. So it was actually Rise that started off, then Dawn, then War, and then and it's going to be now going to be Kingdom. It's a very good point, Fergus. I had, <laughs> all is. I knew is all I knew was there was a series of films with Planet of the Apes somewhere in the title that looked cool. Who knows what the order is though? Uh, as you see, though, uh, the next uh, movie is going to have um, Freya Allen, who plays a uh, uh, Siri in uh, the Witcher series. So mm. interesting seeing her and something else. No, yeah. Um, so like, let's let's go around and say, like, say, do we do we have like some of our? I mentioned like one of my favorite film trilogies. We mentioned Lord of the Rings as well. Or not just trilogies in general, but movies that just had uh, procurement sequels that were just really good, continued on. Do you got what films do, do you guys think about when you think about that? So for trilogies, I'm going to go with Die Hard. Aside from fourth and fifth films, they don't count, they don't exist, they're not. The original three Die Hard films, now that is a perfect action trilogy. because they're, And one of the reasons behind that for me is they are consistent with the John McClane character, whereas I think four and five, they go, go, go off track on that side of things. Uh, so yeah. I um I, I would do want to interject that like I I'm not gonna lie I've only ever seen Die Hard two once ever like I've seen Die Hard one and three multiple times I um um I've got a you know a friend who agrees that I actually prefer Die Hard three to Die Hard one uh, like I actually do like I actually think it's better it's it's not like you know comparably better I just think it's like better just a little bit more and um both very good yeah no no both both absolutely brilliant but when it comes to those that trilogy for me it goes three one two and two i've only ever seen once so yeah uh it's not a uh trilogy but um looking at a list you just brought up you reminded me of uh of logan um that's a fantastic movie um and i think it does what i was saying about where there's you know there is an interesting character in wolverine but to see the prequels 
all the movies that came before that, they, you know, they scratched some of that service and some of the exploration they did was better than other stuff that they did. But Logan, you know, it, it tried something new in the, in the tone and uh, the slightly more kind of serious adult nature of the movie. But, you know, there is an interesting thing to explore there and it, it really nails it, in my opinion. No, definitely agreed. Um, you know, when it comes to Logan as well, I know they've said in the Deadpool 3 movie that's coming out, like how Wolverine's going to be in it. They've confirmed this. But they've said, oh, well, how does the timing work out, essentially? And they've said, like, well, this is a time travel movie, so Logan can still occur. It just, you know, essentially that phase out. I'm just hoping with that happening, you're bringing Hugh Jackman out of retirement as Wolverine. How's that going to work to us? After the, after, as you've said, Chaz, you know, the, the, the pure amazingness of Logan, how good it was as a movie, and especially as an ending to the actual, like, X-Men Fox franchise, essentially. So it's very, like, interesting to see how they're going to bring him back. Yeah, that's the trouble with ending or you know ending for now on such a great sequel such a great movie if you're going to bring him back uh that's a big set of shoes to fill so yeah that will be interesting doesn't necessarily have to be you know as good or have the character as impactful um but you know you're always going to think of how good logan was when you're watching his appearance in deadpool yeah i mean like uh i'll actually admit like going on to like another film series that has like the sequels have been brilliant. We haven't really mentioned these yet, but it's the Toy Story movies. Like, you know, mm. the, every sequel has been better than the last one. And I'll, I'll actually admit now, I've not seen Toy Story 4 yet. And uh, I've heard it's brilliant. Well, so this was a point I was about to bring up, actually. Um, when film series that are so good, uh, they don't know when to stop. Uh, <laughs> really? Oh, my God. God, it's the worst, most... Toy Story 4 is the worst, most embarrassing attempt at a movie oh. ever. Yeah, but See, it's going to a hot take yeah. again. So they rounded up Toy Story in Toy Story 3. They quite clearly had no intention of making Toy Story 4. And then someone comes along with a plastic fork and convinces them to bury the entire series. I like, I like a plastic yeah, fork. Yeah, <laughs> fork, forky, yeah. I mean, I did like um, Toy Story 4, but I would also be happy if, if they stopped with uh, Toy Story 3. Because I do agree with Fergus, it was a perfect ending, it was a perfect trilogy. So you're, you're going to hate the fact that they are doing a Toy Story 5? No, I don't mind it. I just say, I like Toy Story 4, I was like, but no. Fergus will fight it, yeah. The, 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 this, this happens a lot, especially in, again, Shrek. Like, Shrek 1, 2, 3, pretty good films, now we're at Shrek 10, the re-Shrekening, or whatever. I just completely lost any initial value behind this is what i was going to say like if there is more to explore people are curious if they successfully plant seeds or they have great material to work from um you can make a lot of good sequels and people will be hungry for that but yeah knowing when to stop that's tricky uh and you know maybe they will keep making movies know that they're knowing that they're not going to be the you know most inspired thing because at the end of the day brands have you know recognizable names and people will go to see them they can make so money that actually is a brings me sorry let, let me let me go back to focus mm. so bring back to a point i'm actually does link to that but focus you go first um well this is this trend is of is already continuing with the uh eight avatar films that are 
scheduled or how five another five to go no 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 there's five there's so five total. I, I, I could confirm right so basically um from what i'm aware so far is that two and three and f- have, have filmed i believe they may have filmed a bit of four already mm. um and then there is going to be five now obviously mm. myself and fergus we're, we're probably going to do an episode on how like you know james cameron needs to have a discussion with nickelodeon at some point uh yes. but we won't go into that too much how at the moment james cameron for the episode. Uh, but, <laughs> but avatar, the avatar movies i'm not gonna like because Chaz is in avatar 2 uh in 4dx as i remember him saying so yeah, that was uh, essentially splash mountain i got to see <laughs> that movie uh mm. have you three hours. yeah exactly have you james and fergus have you guys seen avatar 2 yet no, I, I've I not just, seen Avatar 1. I've not seen any of his most movies. No, no appetite for it at all. So I was actually going to bring up Avatar, Nate, um, because uh, I don't know, this might, it sounds like it's going to be controversial, but I really enjoyed 2. Really. A lot, a lot really of people have it. actually said that 2 is better than 1 for them because it has a more. Um, Whereas one was exploring the world more, just essentially building the world. And Jake Sully is more of a generic character. In the sequel, you actually get more into the gritty of family and also like the, you know, the children. Because I've actually heard that the sequel is actually going to be passing over to the children more, essentially. So Jake Sully isn't going to be the main character going forward. So that's a very interesting way to go about it. Which And also, if you see the movie, you could definitely see how they're going to do that because there's one character, which I've said to Fergus, that basically she is um, she's essentially the Avatar now. Like, like mm-hmm. it, it, when you think about it, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but um, like I will say, like, I think James Cameron, like everyone said, oh, how's, how's James Cameron going to do Avatar 2? You know, how is he, he going to come back up to 13, 14 years? Do all these movies he's planned, it's not going to happen. And now he literally has the three highest grossing films ever now. Like Avatar 2 has made over $2 billion, or, you know, I believe over $2 billion now. So, and the fact that, do, do not bet against, because think about it, Terminator 2, Aliens, Titanic, you know, all these movies, Avatar, all these movies, do not bet against James Cameron. He knows how to print money. Oh, like, yeah. if, if nothing else. But also, yeah, so... Pushes technology. Yeah. Mm. And, and the thing, right, so the thing about Avatar, for me, um, both of the films, in the first one, they set up, for me, a really interesting world, a really cool premise, um, and they laid down a lot of groundwork. And in the second one, they just went for it and, like, they expanded it. But the thing is, you already, for me personally, there's more. There is more that I'm looking forward to seeing. You know, even if literally it's just showing all of this imaginative world that they've built. I love that sort of stuff, as you know. Like, I love a good world building movie. So, for me, there's a lot of room to expand there. So I can say, Chaz, you'll love this. We've just discussed this show before. Uh, Corridor Digital, their VFX episode. They did an episode recently on the breaking down of Avatar Two and how that worked out. Turns out that some of the uh, the, the filmic elements in that are actually CG and then also some are live action. But how they did it is so well well done that you, you literally cannot tell the difference because I thought it was real. So, But I think like sometimes sequels are interesting in that regard because you have sequels that push it. You have sequels that push it into a new genre. You have sequels that push it into new action spaces. People also push new names, like new actors who appear in sequels and get bigger from sequels. Like, Let's talk about a character from a movie sequel, which was great in my opinion. The CG was terrible, but uh, Dwayne Johnson, you know, he was introduced as the Scorpion King in The Mummy Returns. That was his that was his mm-hmm. film debut, and that that was his like you know progression to who he became. And then he had his own movie spinoff, 
the Scorpion King movie, and then that going on from there. And, um, and then years <clears> later, he was in Moana. He was Maui. Exactly. You know, uh, yeah, well, uh, he returned to his CGI roots, I guess. I mean, that that is definitely true. To be honest, he's now played a Scorpion King, a Tooth Fairy, and a Demigod. So, um, yeah, that's uh, very interesting. But now, like, you know, and then you have and then you have techno- technological boosts for movies. So, like, sequels definitely provide a an interesting like haven for like you know pushing the envelope essentially. Sometimes it doesn't pan out. Sometimes it really does. Like uh, another film, I just want to briefly mention. We may come onto it um, after so many years. Is Incredibles two? Like that was that came out so many years later. I thought the sequel was brilliant because also they um, they flipped the story and put it onto um, put it onto the mum this time around. Like you know they changed the story around and how that plays out. You know sometimes readapting your scripts and actually changing the perspective works out really well. But, yeah. I really like how Incredibles two literally picks off straight after the end of Incredibles one. Yeah, no, I definitely, yeah, completely agreed. Completely agreed. Chaz? Yeah, I was just going to say, it's it's kind of an interesting point, because we are talking a lot about sequels that do something different, either, you know, they're exploring a new part of the world, or they're, uh, you know, exploring a different part of the character, or they're revealing more about the main character, uh, bigger stakes, but um, I wonder how many sequels there are out there that basically do the same thing, but better. Like, can you guys think of anything like that? I mean... I have to give it to the movies. I, I, we mentioned it before. The Fast and the Furious movies. Mm. You know, they've essentially become the same thing. Like, you know, they fight the villain, the villain becomes part of the family, they go on to the next villain, and so on and so forth. Well, you got to remember, the first Fast and the Furious movie is them stealing DVD-VHS combos out of the back of a truck, and now they're fighting super agencies, and they're going into space. Like, Double Toasted has really? made a joke. Yeah, no, no, the last movie, they went into space in a car. Um, Double Toasted has made the joke on their podcast where basically, like, obviously uh, Universal owned Fast and the Furious in Jurassic Park. Imagine if the Fast and the Furious movies end like, we've got to go to this island, Dom, where they've got dinosaurs. And it's just Velociraptors and Dom, Dom Toretta fighting each other, you know, and there's a Velociraptor becomes part of the family. You know, it's just like, I don't know. How mad that could get, essentially. I mean, the end, the end, you know, Jason Momoa is the new villain for the next movie. They've had John Cena. They've had Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham. You know, all these characters in them, which even had a spinoff with Hobbs and Shaw. But I think the Fast and the Furious franchise is a multi-billion dollar franchise now. You know, and they've done so well for themselves. Unlike, um, I've, got, I've got to go against it, but I've got to give them credit. But the movies, the sequels are not as good. Res- the Resident Evil movies. You know, those movies were made for about 330 million in total, but they made over a billion dollars. Like, you know, that that is that is pure profit for them. And, you know, the first two movies, I didn't mind the third one. I did a rewatch before the god awful Welcome to Raccoon City movie came out. One of the only movies I've ever given like a three or a four to. But like the first two movies weren't they weren't like groundbreaking, but they were trying to stick close to the story. They tried to do as best they could. I thought Nemesis looked amazing. The third one went too far into the post-apocalypse aspect, and then they just got stupid. But they still made money because people enjoyed them. You know how 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 does that work? You know how how can you make a film series that just keeps working? I think there's something to be said for um, a film delivering exactly what you're expecting. You know, so you think it's not going to b- blow my mind, or maybe it will, but you know what you're in for, and then you're like, oh, I fancy this. I'm going to go see this movie because I know exactly what I'm going to get. Mm. Yeah, um, there's become safe comfort food films. It's just exactly 
slightly updated now with backflipping cars. Or... I, I, so, I know we talk about Marvel a lot, but that's probably a, becoming a bit of an example. So <laughs> I mean, they are pulling back. They are pulling back on that now, though. They have yeah. stated this. Do you count the Marvel movies as direct sequels to each other? Uh, I mean, it, dep- it depends what films you go for. I think if you have a crossover between characters, it works. But I think if it, I think if it's standalone, like Guardians one and two, they're sequels unto themselves. Um, when it comes to the Ant Man movies, I think they are sequels that roll into the other movies because obviously um, Falcon is in those movies. It is link. They do have a linking point. I think when it comes to the early, the early Marvel movies, the problem is they are all interconnected. Even, mm. even if it's the smallest thread, I'd say like yeah, I think you'd have to do it. You'd have to do that to a degree. I think um, when it comes to like even Shang Chi had connections to way back in the day, like mm. you know our Marvel movies. Um, I don't I'm think they make some sequels though. Personally, true. They're just kind of the well, they're in they're in the same universe. They're not sequels. I guess yeah, universe. I guess uh, universe movies don't really count as sequels to a degree. Then, so uh, I bet uh, Fergus is gonna go on. A, here we go. All right, let, let's turn over to Fergus now. Go on. So I think every other version of this, they are sequels or prequels. So Lord of the Rings. The Hobbit is definitely a prequel. The Hobbit trilogy is definitely a prequel to the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy. Same with Harry Potter. I was just going to say, how would you classify Grindelwald? That doesn't really feel like sequels, not direct. Well, the same universe, the same characters. So it's the Dumbledore prequel origin quadrilogy, or however many movies they end up making. Yeah, I do definitely agree there. So they all become sequels and prequels of each other. Now, with the Marvel movies, they're all interconnected, they're all part of the same wider story, but they're not following the same main character, which is an interesting way to approach sequels and prequels, but they effectively are. So you need to watch previous ones to get future ones. Which I guess the problem the problem comes into that then is bringing the TV shows into it. I think that's this is a whole other discussion because I think it's it like, very complicated. Yeah, Sorry, Strange I mentioned and... Marvel. I mentioned the M word. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it actually goes on to that. You actually mentioned it earlier, Chaz. Um, One Division, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness does not happen without One Division. That's just yep. plain and simple. And like you know, the, and I, I do have my reservations about that movie. To be honest, looking back on it, I'm not going to lie. Like you know, re- revisiting, I do feel it could have been better. Uh, but it's still not a terrible movie because I've heard they are possibly bringing Sam Raimi back for the next one. Uh, it's rumors, essentially. Uh, but I, yeah, I think I think when it comes to sequels like the Marvel movies, I think that's more. It's a very interesting topic because obviously we've got Guardians three coming out in about a month and a half time, which um, is actually the wrap up for these this tri- this team of Guardians essentially. So I think I think that's a whole thing into itself, to be honest. Um, going off that though, like I do think DC is another one in regards to like, you know, doing its sequels and how, you know, how can you continue going down like a line that doesn't work out? So like you had Man of Steel, which wasn't, which was praised, which was, you know, people enjoyed it. Yeah. Man of Steel, I thought was, it was new. It was a new take, but then Batman versus Superman came out and then Justice League. And they, they just didn't like a lot of people praise the Snyderverse, like how it went. But a lot of people also don't like came into the point of stating Superman is a. I'm gonna go on my little tire now about Superman. Superman is a character of hope and like you know bringing like value into the world. But in the in the in the Snyderverse, he became a dark character. But Batman was a dark character. So how do you have the balancing act there? And the sequels just essentially became muddled. And I think people were just also tired of that. Go listen to our um, superhero 
like a superhero fatigue setting an episode because also I think that's actually a conversation to have because um, Shazam 2 has just come out and that's only made like $60 million at the box office this weekend. Which is, uh, Possibly even I mean, more so that, that episode. Exactly, because as the first movie, I believe, made over $100 million its first week. Now, I do think COVID plays into this, but also like after watching Black Adam, which was very generic, um, there's, there's rumors of how like there was rumblings behind the scenes of Shazam and everything. And Black Adam were connected, but Black, Dwayne Johnson didn't want that. Uh, so Shazam 2 and also the new James Gunn universe or the DCU, sorry. Uh, a lot of people just weren't wanting, weren't interested in seeing the Shazam sequel. Granted, also it's St. Patrick's Day weekend. So a lot of people were getting fucking wasted probably. But, you know, the director has actually come out and said now he's leaving superhero movies behind now and he's going back to horror to experiment. Like, you know, mm. he he's done something, you know, he did the Annabelle movies and then he went on to superheroes. So again, I think this comes into the whole sequelitis thing of like, we're going into DC territory now. We're, we're getting Aquaman 2, we're getting The Flash, and we're getting Blue Beetle, and that's it for this DC universe. Shazam horror sequel. I mean, have you seen the first Shazam movie? Uh, no. So there is actually quite some, like, fucked up, like, scenes that little kids should not see. Like, mm. monsters eating people in a boardroom, and, like, people, um. getting dis- people getting, like, disintegrated on screen and everything, like, slowly disintegrated, burnt out and everything, and, like, kind of fucked up. Like, um... Work. And from a horror director, it was very interesting how they did that. Mm. I was going to say, actually, it's an interesting point about sequels that completely change their genre. Um, because some of them do. Uh, I was just looking for examples. Um, the one you mentioned earlier, Nate, was Terminator 2. And, uh, well, Terminator 2 not... Well, yeah, Terminator 2 is a little bit, because the, the, the bad guy from the first one becomes, obviously, the good guy. But Aliens is probably the most famous example, right? Yeah, no, definitely agree. I mean, like... You know, also, um, a, film, a film we haven't mentioned yet, which is a sequel to a degree, Mac, Mad Max Fury Road. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I was how, uh, Fu- that will happen. Yeah, Furiosa is essentially the main character of that movie, and Mad Max is more, like, a lot of people say it's more Furiosa's movie than Mad Max's, because Mad Max is more of the, um, he's the driving force, pun intended in that regard. But, like, you know, Furiosa, and also Furiosa is getting her prequel movie. Like, you know, with Chris Hemsworth in it, of all people, and, like, and you tell joy as Furiosa. Um, yeah, and the thing is about Mad Max, right? So that's another example of a world which is a very interesting premise. It's been set up, but, you know, budget and technology um, meant that it hadn't, I guess, probably hadn't been fully realised in some of the, the prequels. And then, you know, out of nowhere, this absolutely insane sequel movie just comes and blows everyone away with just, just wow, the, the scope and the, the vibe of it and just... You know, it's an incredible movie, and I think it, even though it is a sequel, it serves as a very good introduction to that universe as well. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, uh, you know, it's going off of here. So, looking at um, Mad Max Thunderdome, which was the previous movie to come out, the, the, the third one, that was 1985, the last one came out. And I know they've been trying to make a sequel to this movie for many, many, many years. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to uh, Mad Max Fury Road, I just love how when you go to see that movie, you do not expect what's coming. Like it's, it's literally a non, it's li- a literal nonstop movie. It doesn't ever really stop. And I think sometimes that, that works out really well for movies because I don't know to you, it's like John Wick is, you know, with the movie coming out, John Wick is a perfect example of this. As soon as John Wick two hits, you could literally watch those movies and it's literally the, the narrative does not stop throughout the entire series. Yeah. I mean, if you watch them end to end, they it would be pretty much a nonstop 
uh, fight. Well, apart from the scenes where they do occasionally say words to each other and then shoot each other. You um, mean the scenes where he's acquiring weapons? Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, again, bullets taken out. Uh, so another film uh, series I want to talk. So actually, like talk about like how um, films can have a dip and coming back. Mad Max is actually a great example of this, and how like you know Thunderdome wasn't highly as highly. It became very like theatrical essentially in, in the movies that came preceding, it, and then the genre essentially changed, flipping on its head. Uh, you know, a film series that like has has had a similar thing, but also spinning it off is the Rocky franchise. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen, really seen the Rocky movies at all. Uh, so mm. obviously there were five, there were six Rocky movies and there's been three Creed movies now. You know, it's a spin-off of Apollo Creed and everything. And Michael B. Jordan has just recently direct, a directorial debut of Creed 3. And um, the Rocky franchise went from, you know, Oscar winning, writing, first movie that Sylvester Stallone won the Oscar for, um, to very like satirical, over-the-top, bombastic um, to him having like, you know, brain damage and not being able to fight anymore and coming back in Rocky Balboa and then he can fight again as an old man. And then like, and then bringing Creed in, like, you know, the offspring of Apollo Creed, the previous movies to go off this entirely offshoot of, of a franchise and Creed free has done extremely well. Like, you know, people are loving this franchise now because he's doing something different. Like how like Michael B. Jordan was influenced by anime growing up. Like he was, he's a massive anime fan and he's actually come out and said, I believe there's quotes on the internet of him stating he'd love to have a crack at a Naruto or a Dragon Ball Z movie, like adapting those into a movie. Because when you look, watch the Creed movies and also Black Panther, he puts a lot of influence into his character. So how like his character in Black Panther, a lot of people have recognized and there's rumors of this, of how his armor is actually based on a character from Dragon Ball Z, like him trying to bring influence into the character, bring a new style and approach to the narrative and everything. But that's just that's just a franchise that could, that has a dip and coming back and everything. Crossover uh, sequel where um, they have to fight box each other to gain some balls to take to a dragon to gain a wish. Okay, that's. I wonder where you were going with that for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, let, let, okay, let's 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 spin on its head for a bit. You so obviously you know we have like you know film sequels that didn't play out as well to be honest. So let's talk about. Um, Tron, actually, like, you know, Tron Legacy, we mentioned Tron Legacy before, um, you know, I didn't mind the sequel, because I th actually think, like, people do not mind the sequel for one reason, and Chaz may know where I'm going with this one reason, to be honest. Off punk? Exactly. That's the reason why that sequel works, in my opinion. Like, and that's my concern for the third movie, Tron Ares, is, well, two concerns, Jared Leto, who I'm sick of, and um, no Daft Punk. Yes, Tron. Tron's an interesting one. I, I think that the original Tron was very much. Um, it, it should have been on its own because it was basically just a product of the technology at the time, for the most part. You know, just showing it was mm. unique because no one had ever seen anything like that. Um, and I think a lot. That's a lot of the reason why people don't necessarily like the sequel, just because you can't recapture something like that. That being said. Um, I think it's an interesting enough movie. Like again, the visuals are pretty cool and the soundtrack's awesome. Uh, it it's just not gonna recapture the lightning in the bottle that was the original Tron. And that's probably why people didn't like it. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird message as a sequel to basically say, "Hey, don't you remember when things were unique in the '80s?" As a sequel, as a direct copy of the you think that was unique in the '80s. Um, I I mean, I bet I barely remember the sequel. I'm surprised they're e they're even making. And you yeah, I had no idea. One, so I, I, sorry, Chaz. I was just going to say I agree with you. I'm not sure where they could go with that. I mean, maybe it's been a little while since the previous one, so maybe they could 
just show us some cool visuals and cool audio again and maybe that'll be enough i'm not gonna lie though i don't know what i just like i i believe jared leto was in the previous movie but at the same time i'm I'm kind of over jared leto to be honest like after morbius short and like you know some of the films he's been in recently they've not been great you know give, give us an upcoming actor like garrett, garrett headland he wasn't um he wasn't a you know he, he was he wasn't uh you know upcoming actor as much at least they tried something different, you know, with that, you know, a different actor and everything. And the Tron sequels, I always had this vision in my head of like, if you've seen Revenge of the Sith of Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting over a lava pit, I thought maybe like a digital pixel lava pit, like volcano and everything fighting across it. You know, how the world's corrupting and going to virus and everything. Just something, you know, something visually different mm. in my head. But again, tr- it's called Tron Aries, supposedly, and they are working on it. I don't know how it's going to play out. Though there is a Tron video game coming out, a visual novel coming out in april uh, so i'm actually looking forward to that to be honest for a visual novel you say yeah maybe maybe we can exp- we can we can do another episode on visual novels i've got much to say about visual novels oh you should talk about doki doki literature club doki doki literature club and i recently discovered a visual novel that will help you do uh, file your u.s federal tax return because it's too boring. Ah, very um, useful here in England. Yes, I, we we can expand on that subject on a later episode because it, we can go for ages. Yes, what? no, that's fair. No, so one film franchise. Uh, so we've talked about you know better film franchises that's coming back and everything, and actually did get better. But wasn't it was an exact sequel? Let's talk about the Transformers movies, or or let's call it the grey metal <sighs> movies, essentially, and how they became very who the hell was fighting who in those movies, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, all I have to say about that is I feel like that's a good example of going in and knowing exactly what you're going to get. Kind, like, I don't know if you've seen the trailer to the um, latest... Rise of the Beasts. Rise of the Beasts, sponsored by Porsche, with a uh, exclusive trailer dedicated to them just driving around as a Porsche. I mean, um, I'm not going to lie, it looks just, different. It's isn't an it, absolute cash grab. Isn't it based off of Beast Wars or Beast Machines? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Optimus so, Primus, yeah. I, I haven't seen this trailer, but I, I really liked that series growing so, up. So. I can say, like, no, you got to give him this, Fergus, though. The visuals, at least you could tell what each Transformer looks like this time. They are uniquely designed this time. Uh, uh, yeah. Because they are massive apes and pterodactyls and everything. Like, Because that, I guess. I, think I mean, Transformers should have stopped a while ago. I've never fully seen. I've heard Bumblebee was very good. Like uh, you know, it was very eighties. It went to more the G, the, the yeah. Gen One style and everything. And I've heard it was really good. First two or three, yes. I, I don't know what number we're on now. They've stopped numbering them. Um, I mean, I think Warburg was in four and five. Like I, I, I think, I, yeah, I saw five and I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" But yeah. like, I heard Bumblebee was quite good. You know, I thought it was very interesting uh, how that played out. Yeah, that, yeah, they should have left that one behind a while ago. I mean, when it when it comes when it when it comes to you know a film sequel though, what how can we, we we've spoke about like you know the different technology going into you know different act rise of actors and everything like bringing new bringing new people in like how it plays out more like um how I don't know how to how to phrase this how do we feel if you're gonna make a sequel to a movie for yourself let, let's let's say let's say there's a film coming out we've discussed like you know a film ip and before but is there any films that you feel deserve a sequel that that could be done well like for my, my myself for example uh I, I i still stand by this i still think terminator could get a good sequel as long as it's done correctly and not like you know too over the top i think it needs to go but essentially 
taking the approach of what we discussed before and how it needs to go back to its ground roots. Like, you know, it, it doesn't need to be over the top. It needs to care about, it's about the characters and not the CGI, essentially. I think that's what Terminator needs. In a world where we have an awful lot of sequels, that's quite a hard question to answer, actually. I've got to think. Exactly, yeah. Because there's definitely, like, a lot of abandoned franchises or stuff that just made one thing and maybe we were itching for more. Hmm. So that's that's the, that's the thing with with how many sequels we've had in the world today, and then, and there's also there's literally the term now sequelitis. Like you know we we're in a world now where a term called sequelitis has come out. And yeah. Having that idea. So I'm currently scrolling through a very long list of sequels that are going to be released in 2023. Um, epic hits like Magic Mike's Last Dance. I've heard that's quite good to be honest. The Evil Dead Rises. That's beginning. That's began amazing reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, also you've got you also you've got a film that Chaz is very much looking forward to coming out in June, Across the Spider Verse. Yes, Across the Spider Verse. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, Indiana I mean, Jones. There's a new Indiana Jones. That's movie. going to be interesting. That so how we talked about how a movie series dips and comes back, like the fact it's being directed by James Mangold, who did Logan. Mm. It's going to be very interesting to have the Logan director doing the last Indiana Jones movie. It will be interesting. Yeah. Coming back, to your question, coming back to your question, though, uh, <clears throat> I very much like my buddy cop movies, all my favourite genres. So I'm thinking, I'll, I don't know if there's any of these sequels coming up. I don't think there are. I'd love to see another Nice Guys or another, uh, is it the other guys? Uh, no, we, no, there's never been an announcement of those. And those were actually too, well, like, I, I, I was having a bit of a Ryan Gosling, like, lol, because after Blade Runner and, like, a few of the movies where he played, like, the uh, drive. He played the same like sort of like quiet stoic character i saw the nice guys and i was like oh shit he's actually he's really good in this to be honest like you know him and russell crowe i thought i thought it was really good and um yeah the other guys i thought it was just fucking hilarious and i'd, I'd love a sequel to that movie yeah that's absolutely. a great idea that's a great idea See, the trouble is right i'm actually like looking through some lists and i think this is a mistake that people make they wish for a sequel just because like that the original movie was super good right which is fine but sometimes movies very neatly wrap up their story and what they want to tell in that one thing and you know you don't want to spoil that necessarily if let's say it's like a really interesting world or it's left of cliffhanger or it's left a lot of open questions or interesting characters you want to see more of sure but like a lot of movies just stand on their own because i was thinking i don't know why everything everywhere came in my head because obviously that's a really cool movie but i'm like that just works as its own thing i can't think too much how you would expand that without just doing more and maybe that's fine because it did a lot of cool stuff but yeah it's it's hard to to say to find a good sequel that's already not being made no i i, I completely agree I'm just thinking of like films is like, you know, let's let, you know, a good example of a movie that a lot of people did not really expect to come out. Or so I thought it was, I thought it was good. Blade Runner you know, 2049. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's not, it's not as good as the first one because Blade Runner is such a, it's, uh, no, I say it's not as good. I'm not saying it's bad. I like the sequel. Yeah, I, no, I, was... I, no, 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 I like the sequel, but Blade Runner is still better to me. Like, that's what I'm just going to say, So I saw Blade Runner, the first one, just a few years ago, um, and it was way weirder than I thought it was going to be, um, because all I'd seen was the dystopian imagery that came out of it, not uh, the strange, dull stuff. Um, 
And uh, I I really liked the second one. Uh, I think that is a, a good example of a, a great sequel because, again, you know, there's a big amount of time that's, that's passed, but they didn't try to, you know, they explore some new characters and they showed, like, new elements of the world and they expanded on some of the interesting stuff that the original did. So for me, I think that's a great example. I would say, um, coming to the um, Across the Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse did actually, like how, you know, we said, it did have an an excellent wrap up to its story. Like, you know, he became this hero and everything, but it's interesting because they've stayed, because I know across the Spider-Verse and beyond the Spider-Verse, they are. So I know the sequel has been written as a love story. I know this time around and everything, no one knows how the third, the final one's going to go. But if they could pull off these two ne- next two movies, which obviously if the next one does well, the third one I think will pretty much do well as well, to be honest, <laughs> uh, just trying to phrase that correctly. But Into the Spider-Verse is one of those movies where it's like, that could have literally been fine by itself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, okay. So we've done quite a lot of Jurassic Park, Jurassic World films. I still have only seen the first Jurassic World movie, by the way. Okay. Uh, this won't spoil anything. How about we do a film exclusively from the dinosaur's point of view with no human intervention? Isn't that just Dinosaurs, the TV show? Not the mama! Back in the day, uh, except they don't. <laughs> except they don't talk. It's very experimental, and you just follow a group of velociraptors living their day-to-day life on the island. I mean, just get a David Attenborough soundtrack, and isn't that just planet planet dinosaur? <laughs> like, do you know what I uh, Maybe. Do, do you know? Do you know those videos where they get a house cat and they attach a camera to its collar, and you just see yeah. it like, roaming around the neighborhood? I just thought of that, but with like raptors. <laughs> yeah, well, that could be the film. I think. Like, I mean, two raptors like climbing over fences and hissing at each other. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. No, that's completely fair to us. So, um, you know, another like coming out this year, like um, that's actually to... just. Sorry. Before we do that, so I just want to go back to Chase's point. We should do. I mean, I'm not a fan of a horror franchise, but it sounds like you should. We should, we should have an experiment with like having like a slasher film where it is all from the villain's perspective. I mean, listen uh, to our villains episode for more. Yes, yeah, actually, we do actually, we do <laughs> actually go, we do actually talk about that. To be honest, yeah. Um, so, uh, going on the Scream franchise, actually, like I've only ever seen the Scream one and three. I've not seen two. I and I haven't seen any of the rest of them. But I've heard the recent Scream movies are brilliant. Like you know, they've they've read they've redefined how to play out the slasher genre essentially, and how Scream Six has gone to New York now. Unlike the um, Nightmare, no, it's not the night before Elm, uh, Elm Street. It's the fr- Friday the Thirteenth franchise, and how Jason eventually went. Jason takes Manhattan, essentially. That's essentially what it became, and then it became Jason X in space and everything. The running joke there. Now the Scream franchise has become has gone to New York. I've heard it's very good. I've heard the new Scream movie is very good. You do not have had to have seen the previous Scream movies. You should have as well, though, because it has links to the previous movies, but. I know seven was greenlit before six even came out and it's coming out next year. So Scream Six was already announced its release date when Scream Five was only just in the cinemas. And they were already starting to film the next one already. Was there a gap um in the Scream franchise for a while? There was, right? Yes, there I there was I believe so you had Scream, um, and then you had Scream, which was like Scream Four, but they just called it Scream essentially. And then Scream Five and Six and Seven are coming out. And they, they are all linked, essentially. So going off the time frame, yeah, so Scream was 96, Scream 2 was 97, Scream 3 was 2000, and then there was an 11-year gap, and then a 10-year gap between 4 and Scream. So Scream 4 and then Scream, essentially. Um, 
the most recent movie, they didn't bring back uh, Nev Campbell, who was like, you know, the, the main character, Cindy, from the franchise, because there was a contract uh, issue there and a narrative issue. But that's a movie franchise that's supposedly done really well, to be honest. And it's, it's interesting how it plays out. Yeah. So one thing that just occurred to me is, at least recently as well, we're getting a lot of movies that are sequels, but you know from quite old franchises i guess mad max is an example but you know we said um i just said blade runner and i'm sure there's a lot of more recent examples that i'm forgetting but um it you know some people would say that that's like a, a cash grab or it could be like you know going off a of brand recognition and i was just thinking it feels like there's a distinction between ones that are successful or at least critically acclaimed and ones that aren't and that is you know finding that balance of respecting the original but doing something um, you know, building on it and kind of doing something new because you're never going to capture the original like vibe of the time of that those movies were made, if that makes sense. Whereas, you know, if you try to just kind of basically remake the old movies with, you know, from a nostalgia point of view, I feel like you, you haven't got any original ideas and you're not gonna you're not gonna um, impress people and draw people in as much. So not a lot of people. Sorry. I was just going to say, because those movies still exist and you know they're, they're classics for a reason. You can still watch them. So I know a lot of people have actually come out and said now that with the, um, you know how like Asian representation is getting a lot better in cinema now, like, you know, bigger movies are coming out now. We get like, we're getting like a hangover style movie called Joyride, which is like all female Asians. Like they go to China and everything. And like, it's a whole thing. It looks very funny. Actually stars Stephanie, uh, Stephanie Hugh from um, Everywhere, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, and also we had Crazy Rich Asians, everything, you know, Shang-Chi, which is great. We're having that now in, in representation. I'm trying to think where I was going with this, to be honest. <laughs> I was uh, wondering. Yes, oh, yes. So basically uh, how the Indiana Jones franchise is wrapping up with Harrison Ford, take, launch off of that and give us that short round sequel. You know, Kihu Kwan, you know, who's, who's, who's an Academy Award winner now, give us a franchise where basically he his, I've seen this on Twitter, he has to either go like he takes up Indy's mantle or what he's been up to in the last 30 years, or he's returning the items to the places that were originally found. So he's returning the items to, you know, that place now short round the movie, you know, that, that could do quite well, you know, like, and it'd be an interesting spinoff for franchise. Fergus is like, eh, could it like, well, okay. There's quite a few points here. Uh, Firstly, we are absolutely swamped with sequels of things that people have grown up with. This is very much farming nostalgia and giving people an excuse to not come up with or invest in new content or franchises. There is plenty of good new books being written. Uh, they could all be potentially become their own film and TV franchises, but they're being overlooked for something that was once successful in the 80s when the people who are now making them were potentially not even born uh if we're talking farming the 80s content looking at indiana jones star wars transformers etc um so you've got a lot of sequels who are being made by nostalgic starry-eyed fans of things that they were never originally involved with and it's corrupting the original material pretty severely and very fundamentally damaging the new content that is coming through or not coming through because we're being swamped by nostalgia. And this is, now, this is, sorry, this I was just going to say, this is the point <laughs> I was trying to make with, you know, if they're just trying to recapture what the original movie was, like, especially for an older one, it's kind of a product of, product of its time. And if you've not got anything original to bring to it, more to explore with that, that franchise, then yeah, I think you are going to, 
It's happening with Indiana Jones, really. Like, the original three were made by the same team at the same time, roughly speaking. The new two, really, really not, kind of shows. And it's a bit like, hey, look, we got Harrison Ford to do a thing. Look, he's wearing the hat. Yay. I mean, yes <laughs> and no. I think, like, you know, Keeping the Crystal Skull, I, I don't like, you know. But Terrible. The new one... Like, I, I think, like, you know, Harrison Ford loves his character and uh, he, how, how emotional he was when he came out, like, talking about this movie and how James Mangold, his previous movies, Logan specifically, can show a character at the end of his days, essentially. Like, you know, that he's at the end point and how he could pull that off. And I think, and also, like, um, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridges is in this movie as, like, his goddaughter, Fleabag. And I believe she mm. had in some involvement in the script as well. And she's done some great, you know, narrative work. She's done um, a lot of very good original stuff. But the fact that she's even paying into this is... Well, sad. no. The, the, how, but that's the thing, though. Like, it, you say that, but at the same time, you know, if something becomes, like, the whole sequel idea, something becomes stagnated, injecting new ideas from a different perspective can rejuvenate a franchise. Like, you know, Mad Max Fury Road. Like, you know, uh, George Miller is the same director from the original days, but I'm sure there was like, you know, new writers that came in to give a new idea. Um, like, you know, TV shows like do it nowadays, like, you know, reboots essentially, but they have like connections to the original. Um, 21 Jump Street is a great example, like great comedy film duology, which is actually, if you think about when watching the movies, it's actually a direct sequel to the original movies or the original TV show back in the day. Like, you know, they have direct links to the original thing. And both those movies are really good. I think if you inject if you inject a new perspective into something, it could work out really well. I think that the problem is though, like, you do get people who do who do just come in to pump out more stories. And I think that's also when it comes to like the Tremors 2 back in the day or like the Jaws Revenge movies. Like they were just trying to pump out sequels essentially back in the day. But I do think we get people nowadays who are very um close to the franchise like um dune i know i know it's not a sequel per se but like, mm. dina Villeneuve came in with a fresh idea on how to approach the dune franchise which they said was the unfilmable movie like you mm. know and he pulled it off and we're getting dune to doing part two and possibly part three uh blade runner going back to blade runner you know tw did we need a 2049 and also we're no. getting a 2090 49 was i thought it was a good movie you know it was a very good movie it wasn't because of the original but it was still a very good movie they could have um, done something similarly cyberpunky but nothing to do with okay let, let me ask you this then and you haven't mm. seen the movie yet folks because you you, no. you 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 know you probably know where i'm going with this uh yeah, do you know what movie do you know what movie i'm going to talk about now uh i don't know which movie so have any of you seen prey yet no. In Prey? no. So Prey is the like Prey mm. is a is Prey is the prequel movie to the Predator franchise. It's an hour and thirty minutes long by Dan Trachtenberg, uh, and it is brilliant because it's a fresh new perspective on the franchise. I think that's how you can go into something. How James Cameron consistently, like you know, goes into you know how, how everyone mocked him for Avatar two, Avatar three, and everything, but they're not mocking him now. Like, you know, the man was so confident in himself that he filmed two films at once and he's going to knock it out of the park. He's you making know. money, but I don't think he's doing anything original for storytelling. I disagree, though, because you haven't seen the sequel yet. So I, I think, like, you know, 
you haven't seen Avatar 2, and myself and Chaz have, and how we actually prefer the sequel to the original. And the thing is, I'd argue that, at least with Avatar, good storytelling is not the forefront of what makes those movies good. Um, I, I don't. I kind of agree. There's not a huge amount of really interesting new stuff going on with the storyline specifically, but that's not what I'm there for with Avatar. I do actually want to bring up the point, John Wick. It's not the most... It, John. You are not watching John Wick movies for the story, to be honest. You are watching it for the most badass... We, we are getting, from what I've read, we are getting Carfu in the new movie. Not Gunfu, which was amazing at Equilibrium back in the day, but we're getting Carfu. Like, I think it comes into the point of, like, some movies are built for story, some movies are built for the stunts, uh, some movies are built for the set pieces, such as, like, you know, the Transformers movies back in the day. Even the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie got a sequel from Michael Bay back in the day because he just does bombastic. People sometimes go see for the director, essentially. Like, what are they going to do? Like, how, um, you know, when it comes to Zack Snyder, you know, a lot of people, you know, Zack Snyder is a one-trick... People say he's a one-trick pony with his, his movies, but he's created some very visually interesting movies. Um, James Cameron, come back to the point... You know, looking back at the two greatest sequels of all time, Terminator and Aliens, he changed the narrative up and everything. And um, I think when it comes to the Avatar movies, I think like I, I, I would actually like to see you watch that movie when it does eventually come to. I believe it is out now or it's close out soon to watch it available. And I would love to get your perspective on the sequel after watching it for almost three and a half hours, probably. But mm. um I do think when it comes to sequels, it's basically it's a more it's a multi tiered process into in creating a good sequel. Because if it, and if you doesn't if you don't do it correctly, it can tip it can veer off very quickly. The Transformers franchise is a good example of this Resident Evil franchise, whereas you know Fast and the Furious is still it is going into eleven movies. You know, um, yeah. John Wick I... four and five. You know. I mean, you can do good sequels, um, but having the attitude that a lot of producers seem to have of, ooh, this thing did well this one time, let's make an infinite amount of them, despite not having enough material, uh, is killing movies. I mean, Lord of the Hobbit movies are a good example of that. Like, you know, like how, you know, The Hobbit was literally a singular book, which is what, 200, 300 pages long? And it was stretched yeah. out into three movies, which I'd say how um, going to video games for a second, God of War and God of War Ragnarok, you know, when, when it was announced that the sequel was only going to, that was going to be the end of that entire story. People went, that's interesting because usually you do trilogies for video games and movies, but they did the entire narrative in two. I mm. think, you know, the Hobbit movies could have worked in just two movies, essentially. Mm. Yeah. 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 Quite possibly. I think you, you can stretch out stuff in the correct way we're go i think like we're going to do a last of us episode soon people and i think the last of us tv show does an excellent job in injecting narrative into the show to expand the world uh but it is it in the content so basically how it was said that it was content that was originally created for the video game that was excluded because it was going to be too bloated and as a pun intended for the last of us uh but um when it comes to the show some of the best content is the expanded stuff, like, you know, stretching out essentially aspects which weren't there before. So I think if it's done correctly, yes, but I think you're definitely correct. Narrative is like an elastic band. Mm. If you pull it, if you pull it, if you pull it slowly enough, it will stretch quite far. But if you pull it too quick, it will snap and it will, and you know, it's, it's, it's stretching the contents essentially and breaking it. Yeah. So there's things that have been going again, like I think, 
the might were the worst offenders that the reboots and continuation of the 80s era stuff because the people acting in it the people producing it are they're either very old and as you say coming to the end of their days and should probably retire controversial opinion about harrison ford um <laughs> or uh, were never part of the original um process and it just becomes very i don't know i feel like it's kind of skipping over a generation of potential content creators coming up with their own potential franchises like franchises should probably die after 20 years really um you you say that but like you know when it comes to franchises some some of the greatest franchises have gone on for decades i'll go back to rocky for example you know that movie came out in 78 79 you know we're now in 2023 and it's not it's it's it's, it's sequel to a degree because it's within the rocky universe mm. the first now but it's the, it's now the ninth movie in this entire franchise you know it had its slip-ups with three four and five four and three are just like training montages five is not great but i think like injecting a new narrative into how like creed was written by ryan coogler and i believe it was directed mm. by ryan coogler who did black panther and he came with this new narrative to the story and he was a fan of the franchise i believe i believe he was a fan of the franchise so he brought a new perspective but he is our age like you know he was the fan of a pre-existing franchise couldn't creed have existed as its own entirely independent movie about boxers without no. having to refer to rocky no because it's literally about one of the one of the sons well, of the it doesn't, he, the well it doesn't need to be specifically that character but you could effectively make the same movie about unrelated modern boxers but i think when it comes down to movies though sometimes with sequels um like but I, i'll go back to bumblebee for example the transformers films had petered off like you know people were kind of done with the movies bumblebee came out it was set in the 80s if I learned more the old school style design of the movie, the characters, Hayley Steinfeld was one of the main characters in it. There was John Cena in the movie. Again, I'm not seeing the movie myself, but it had more of a, like a, a more heartfelt feel to it. And it looked more unique compared to the old movies, but it was a spin-off of the original franchise. And sometimes that does work. Like, you know, having a spin-off just because also sometimes you're know, like, you know, sometimes the narrative does drag out. Sometimes you're like, you know, you get to a point where you can't take the main characters anywhere. Take a secondary character and give them their own spin-off, essentially. Counter-argument, could that budget not have been better spent funding a entirely independent film where someone is super good friends with his car, like the next modern Herbie film? True, but at the end of the day, is Herbie and the... Trend, it, it, the well, not directly like, Herbie, like a guy who does up his car and... Do, I don't know. But let's ask you this, let's ask you this, you know, right? Sometimes... It's the devil you know, okay? Let's put it this way, right? Sometimes to make a film great and very, you know, very widely known to the world and like very publicized extremely well and does extremely well financially, it's got to be off the back of something that is previously well known. Like, okay. you know, sometimes that works out really well in regards to that. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, we, and we've had movies which are, I'm trying to think of movies which have tried to do this. Like, you know, but sometimes like it doesn't work out that way. Like, um, yeah, they make money exactly exactly i think i think it does just come down to um like you know how how production companies approach this and i think that's how a good sequel works i think if people respect the franchise that came before and they understand the material it can work out really well i think when it comes down to 
we'll go we'll come back to James Cameron again, but he pushes and he pushes technology. He waited 13, 14 years to do the next Avatar movie because he waited. He he waited to know when it was going to come out. Like he actually filmed Avatar 2 and 3 back in 2017, 2018, I believe. Like he mm. filmed it was five, yeah, Chad's like, okay, yeah, yeah, almost five, six years ago now. Like, you know, but he waited for the technology to catch up before he continued on. He's mm. someone who waits for technology. And then and the narrative actually complemented that quite well. Uh, when it comes to other film franchises, Mad Max, for example, over 30 years between, you know, George Miller literally waited for the next good story. Like, you know, it it, it all comes down to that. And I think I think that's how it plays out, to be honest. The thing is, as well, like I've been saying about these films are products of their time, right? It could be that you could literally be waiting for um, the point in culture where, like, films, a film in that franchise might be relevant or, you know, popular again, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Like, you know, um, I finished, I finished how you take on it. That is, yeah, I mean, like some films, like you know, do work out. The Incredibles, thirteen years. Jurassic World, I didn't mind the first one, thirteen years. Dumb and Dumber 2, 20 years didn't work out. You know, again, yeah, looking at here, so Mad Max Fury is 29 years later. Mm. Um, coming to America, the sequel, 20, Blade Runner 2049, 35 years later. I think the thing is, it really, well, it's hard to sum up stuff in such a little bow, but I think really the successful and critically acclaimed sequels are ones that, yes, they respect the original franchise, but they bring something new to it and they don't just try to just capture what the other one has done and remake it effectively you know make the same movie again kind of you get kind of stuck in a trap like so in 20 years do you think we're still going to be watching star wars and harry potter movies yes probably uh it's a fran it's a franchise yes that's the thing so it we're very much still stuck in this world we've not moved on we've not created new worlds we've not reimagined our existence and we're talking two generations at that point i mean the thing is though i do disagree with that because we like how harry potter came about you know star wars was around but harry potter came afterwards lord of the rings has been around since the 40s and it came around again in 2000 like you know franchises per percy jackson is another good, good example and how like that pre those previous films didn't do well um, but they're redoing it now on Disney Plus, and they're readapting it, and then it's it's coming off the back of you know Lord, Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings essentially. Um, you know we're getting a lot of TV shows now that do this. Really, like I think like Amazon is pulling this in the, the Expanse. You know, great sci-fi franchise, Battlestar Galactica. You know, they're trying to do a Battlestar Galactica movie now, which is sort of linked to the original TV show to a degree. You know, I think. We're always going to have these franchise movies. It's always going to be a thing. But I think film studios such as A24, Blumhouse, like, you know, we're getting our first ever A24 TV series soon. So that's going to be quite interesting. Like, you know, the, I think it's these film, these independent film studios are coming out now and they're actually expanding and getting more well-known. And I think after such films as Everything Ever All at Once, The Whale, you know, all these recent movies, the record and also Blumhouse, you know, with all those, all the amazing like, paranormal movies and everything. We only spoke about horror movies such as paranormal and everything, but they've created franchises into themselves. Like, you know, and I think that's going to be new franchises coming from independence, really. I, I do, I don't disagree with you, Fergus, by the way. I, I do think that we are uh, in an influx of sequels and franchises and such. It, 
I mean, I don't have numbers. It feels like there are way more than there used to be. Um, but I don't think that that... At the end of the day, I think, you know, quality films will always shine through, whether or they are sequels or they're part of a franchise or they are something completely original, like everything everywhere. Um, I don't think that sequels will completely stamp that out. I think that they are taking quite a big part of the pie at the moment in terms of film distribution. But I don't think that means that we will never get original stuff anymore. I think, like, uh, actually, to add to that point, in, in regards to the release of films, like, you know, sequels, you know, franchise films, technology plays into a big part of this now. Do you remember the days, like, how you'd have to wait a year for the video to come out after the film was in mm. the cinema? Now, literally, we've got movies like Scream, which are, the films are coming out a year within each other, and then they're released onto digital platforms 45 days after release. You know, everything's coming a lot more quicker to produce. And also you've got, you also you get to technology is a lot easier to create movies now. Like, you know, it's, um, I think technology is the, the biggest factor in regards to how, how you could do a sequel or how you could do a franchise and getting it out and everything quicker and cheaper as well. You could just stream the original movies. Like there, there's so much historical content that it would take a lifetime to even watch like the BFI back catalog, okay. for example. Let me ask you this though, okay, Chaz, you, you you made an example of this. You saw 2049, correct? And did you see Blade, Blade Runner? Runner? Yeah. And then you saw Blade Runner after? No, I did see Blade Runner before that. Okay. I did see the first one first. So I'll I'll admit, I actually saw Blade Runner after the first Interesting. movie, the, the sequel. But I I had to put my brain into the mindset of basically um like you know the film for the time period and i also saw the final ed the final cut and everything there are films like alien i saw after aliens like you mm -hmm. know i was i was a term, ter yeah. terminator 2 prime example you mm -hmm. know a lot of people saw terminator 2 first and because it was the bigger bombastic sequel people more aligned to that and you go back to the original it, it, some people might not enjoy it as much because it's not what they expect it to be some might enjoy it more the problem is we're doing like you, the idea that you suggested, Fergus, is that some uh, we're in such a world now of more fast-paced or more heavy CGI or like or even just the heavier narratives compared to the old days. People might not like them as much. Now, don't get me wrong. I think like when it comes to stuff like um, animated movies, I think they're timeless to a degree. Like you know your Toy Stories and everything, your Incredibles. I think they are timeless and like the two D DreamWorks and animated stuff and everything. But when it comes to live action stuff, I think it like you know. I think people nowadays aren't as like inclined to go back. If you're talking about shame. them aging um, yes. because of technology, yes, to some degree in some cases. But I think that sometimes the look that is part of the technology and the the culture or whatever at the time, sometimes that is part of the movie in, in itself. And that is part of what makes it timeless, in my opinion. Uh, there is one film I want to talk about briefly before we wrap up because we've never actually mentioned this yet. How we're getting a Gladiator two. So that's the that's the film where now you say this, but Ridley Scott has waited, you know, over twenty five years to release this movie. Like you know, it's been in the works for a long time. Now Ridley Scott has been on a shaky trail of late, to be honest, with his movies. Uh, but it's getting Denzel Washington supposedly and Paul Mescal, who was the recent Academy Award nominee for After Sun, which I've heard is a very good movie. Like you know no one hugely knows the narrative at the moment but i think if ridley scott has waited 25 years 23 24 25 years to make this film it's got to be something great also with denzel washington in the movie you know he's usually in a lot of good movies to be honest the gladiator in my opinion is one of those films that is very well contained in itself yeah. so yeah i am um dubious skeptical yes yeah 
perhaps they if they try to continue like the story of the characters that were in that film i the, don't know where son. that would go the son essentially yeah yeah but because it would be the correct age if you think about it I if know, you age but... up I didn't really have any character, did he? <laughs> yeah, it's. I feel like you can all, if you have the right resources and the right director, the right vision, you can make almost any movie like good. But um, it depends what they what they bring from the original, right? Do they focus on the tone? Do they focus on, you know, replicating some of the visual aspect? Do they kind of go for the same sort of story, or do they like do something quite different? Yeah, it, it's very much with what choices they make in this one. It's not an obvious sequel. There's no reason why Ridley Scott could not have made a basically the same film that he wants to make, but has nothing to do with Gladiator. People would still see it because they would have seen, hey, but it's Ridley Scott. That's a great guy who does great films. Let's go see it. The there's, thing is, there's though, no need. The thing is, though, pulling it into context in the regard to that, though, it could be called Gladiator Two only because it's set within the same time period, roughly, but they're only using that as a basic, a basic a jumping point to go off. So we'll have some links to a degree to the original movie, but it won't be like, you know, a direct sequel. It's just That's been called I mean. There's just no need for that even to even try to link it. I mean, you're potentially robbing, again, a potential new ground to jump off from. I mean, I just like, watched Gladiator something completely different. I mean, I just watched Gladiator for again for the you know recently, and that film does really hold up. To be honest, like mm. you know, so yeah. many years later, I saw it for the first time last year, and it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's nothing about that film that would make you think it's as as old as it is. It's really fucking good. It holds up. This is what I mean about timeless. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to have great technology or, or whatever. Classics are classics for a reason. So I think. Um... I think we've, you know, actually got a like, good perspective there. So we've, we've spoken about how, like, you know, when it comes to sequels of franchises, it all depends on possible pillars to actually build up a franchise, essentially. Like, you know, technology, waiting, you know, technology, time, um, you know, a new injection of, like, a- inspiration and everything to a franchise. I think it, it, it's not just one thing that makes a good sequel. I think, like, it depends what sequel you're trying to create. Like, you know, if you are trying to rebirth a franchise, you need someone who's passionate about... The, the classics and they know the they know the franchise essentially if you're wanting to have a great if you wanted to push your film technologically like james cameron for example you wait years but then it turns out the narrative is better like, or you know it, it could be like you know um toy story for example toy story 3 they waited 10 years to release the sequel toy story 3 is regarded as one of the best animated films of all time for a lot of people you know, it, it's wasting it, its time. So it's a multitude of like factors that go into, or or someone just, or someone's command said like, listen, or it's always dependent on franchise springboard. You know, it, it's the idea of how, like, you know, sometimes, sometimes for one franchise to succeed, it needs to jump off the shoulders of another franchise. Like, you know, that's how it works out. You know, and a sequel essentially that springs off into its own thing. I think I think that's a good. I think that's probably a good way to wrap it up. Do you guys have any more wrapping up points before we uh, finish today? I, I agree with all the points you made there, more or less, but just to kind of play devil's advocate, I suppose, uh, and kind of agree with Fergus in a way, it's fine to... A good sequel might just be a sequel, and that's it. Or, you know, maybe the film stands on its own, and there is no way to make a good sequel for it. And people could just be happy with how it is because that film pulled it off so well. So I do think, you know, Sometimes there are very 
obvious grounds for a sequel and there's lots of people are hungry for and sometimes a film can just have one or two and that's its franchise and that's good and it's remembered and it it does well mm. uh, yeah largely agree i like it's good to make it's possible to make a good sequel there are needs for sequels being utterly dependent on being a sequel to be a film is uh frankly quite damaging uh some of the wider more ongoing franchises I feel are probably uh, robbing a generation of uh, creators of putting new ideas and evolving culture out there. So we're going from good to also single-handedly responsible for cultural stagnation. And if we don't get out of this loop, we're going to be basically static as a culture for the next 20 to 50 years. Can I just say, people, uh, the nice Ying Ian and myself and Fergus again, <laughs> always lovely to have, always lovely to have. And me being the mediator. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to, I mean, to put up my points, I'm just going to echo the points of Chaz and Fergus, so I agree with all of those. Uh, but I also want to revisit my original point and say that uh, sequels of certain franchises, you don't have to keep up in mistakes. It doesn't need to be world-ending to universe-ending. Keep mistakes personal. Keep the stories personal. That's where that's where it really, really works for me. I think uh, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Actually, sometimes sometimes low key personal is better. I think that, I think that's what I think that's a good way to go about it. And uh, well, that was a very interesting, like no like scripted episode. Well, we don't usually script them any, but we usually have a bit more of a running order. But this has been an interesting topic today, and it's been one of our like very loose our loosest discussions and i think it's worked out quite well to be honest like a good hour and 40 ish minute episode so it's actually quite good to be honest like looking at the time frame once it's been edited but no uh, that's it people and in the episode we are now doing the outro so if you've got any questions queries or compliments or you know are there any film sequels that we've missed that you feel like you know are great like possibly the hannibal movies for example you know silence of the lambs red dragon and everything we never spoke about horror movies to a to as big of a degree send those in to us at nmipodcastoutlook.com that's nmipodcastoutlook.com follow our socials twitter and instagram at nmicast or if you literally just search on google nmicast uh we will automatically be uh, pretty much the top search on there so that's pretty awesome to be honest so i've been your host nate it's been a lovely pleasure to have you here today uh look for us on our next episode which is going to be the John Wick 4 review. Uh, that's going to be very interesting to see. Obviously, this movie is coming in, running in at almost three hours long. Can it can it carry us for almost three hours? That, that, that'll be the interesting thing. And can, how tired are we going to be at the end of the movie if it doesn't stop for three hours? And then after that, we are going to be doing the sequels to video games episode. So that'll be very interesting to do, springboarding off of movies. So that'll be our next episode to people. But I've been your host, Nate. I'd like to thank Chaz, Fergus, and James for joining me again today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Great discussion, as always. Yes. And that's my, and uh, it's lovely to speak to all today again, people. It's lovely to see you out there. I'm your host, Nate. Stay safe, everyone. Bye bye. Bye.